0: You are listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast.
1: What up, Mill Sunday Schoolers? Go ahead and grab a bagel or a cup of coffee and make your way to your seats. As you do so, welcome some people around you. You have 60 seconds. Go. As you make your way back to your seats... If you would turn with me in your Bibles, which are either on your table or maybe in your phone, we encourage you to bring your own Bible to Sunday School so you can nerd it up, to Psalm 40. We'll be reading verse 1 through 5. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, those who turn aside to false gods. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. No one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that you would just speak Clearly through Joe, I pray that you would convict our hearts, Heavenly Father, as we talk about spiritual disciplines, Lord, and that you would just encourage us in our daily walk that we would create space and time for you to move and to lead us. In your blessed name I pray, amen.
0: Amen. Well, um, thank you, Jordan, for reading some scripture, getting us in line. How many of you like multitasking? Getting more than one thing done at the same time. Let me tell you a story about that. Um, we think we're really good. I like to brag about how good I am at multitasking eating and talking on the cell phone and preparing a Sunday school lesson and all these different things at the same time. But we find out that we're really not all that good at multitasking. There's a famous quote by uh, this psychiatrist uh, researcher. He uh, He says this, multitasking is a mythical activity in which people believe they can perform two or more tasks simultaneously as effectively as the one. A mythological activity. Maybe so. This idea of coming. Uh, just living life in such a way that we're always busy, always, I think my multitasking usually involves something like maybe talking on the phone and then like researching something, like say like, whoa, what time is Spider-Man 2 playing? Uh, And I'm researching that, talking on the phone, and then I'm ending up like watching cat videos on YouTube. Like, what am I doing right now? How did this happen? This multitasking of like just letting our minds wander. And I want to, you know, we do that in life and that's okay. And many of us maybe are better than others when it comes to multitasking, but what about multitasking when it comes to our spirituality? The story uh, that I just wanted to share with you very briefly is that this week I was just very convicted on how I've been coming to the Lord. I have uh, a little iPod thing, and on it I have a little app. It's called the Divine Office. It's really nerdy and like very high churchy kind of thing to do. It's, uh, it's basically this devo, a devotional that leads you in prayer six times uh, the day. There's a morning prayer. There's something called the Office of Readings, which is like Old Testament, New Testament, and then like an ancient church father or mother who wrote something or did a sermon, so you read these, and then there's an uh, afternoon prayer, and then an evening prayer, then a night prayer. There's, there's, before you do anything, there's the invitatory is what it's called. You invite the Lord to work. So anyways, it's these six prayers a day. uh, And I've been doing this, but I've realized that I've been doing other things while I've been doing it. Because the technology allows me to do this, it has this app you can just hit like read for you. And so you can listen to the prayer being read and listen to the scriptures being read. And I've become more and more accustomed to doing other things while I'm reading or while I'm supposed to be praying. And it was just the conviction of the Lord upon me. So I'm just kind of uh, v- verbally vomiting on you right now, my spiritual concerns for myself. But I was just like, man, I've been really getting into the habit of doing more than one thing, like in, in, the, in the mindset of like, oh, I'm trying to get more done. I'm trying to um, do more things with my day. I can pray or at least listen to these prayers being read and these scriptures being read and do something else at the same time same time. And I just was very convicted about that Um, today. And as I've been preparing a lesson uh, for this month on spiritual disciplines, that's what we're talking about today and all this month, um, I just thought I should share that because what I'm going to define as a spiritual discipline is making time for the Lord, and for doing something else while we're, we're, we're making time for the Lord, well then that's second class. It's this mythological activity in which we think we could do two things as effectively as doing one, but we can't. So anyways, welcome to the Mill Sunday School. Glad you're all in here. So all this month we're going to be talking about spiritual discipline, something I'm pretty excited about. And we have said that our textbook will, of course, be the Bible, but specifically, uh, the way this guy writes about the spiritual dif- disciplines in depth is pretty cool. So if you want to get a textbook, if you want to be a super nerd, you can go on Amazon and buy them for really cheap, uh, especially a used one. It's The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. It's, it's a pretty small book, and he writes about the disciplines, and it will be kind of our, uh, in some ways, our text. I will refer to it today and all this month. Um, it's a great book, a great read, a, a modern-day classic already. So let me give you a discussion question, a chance for you to talk at your tables. If you're sitting at a smaller table, jump right into a bigger table. The group is kind of, in some ways, it's going to be kind of a competition. The prize is a Sunday school sticker for everyone at the table, um, which I'm sure you'll be excited to get. So anyways, discuss this. List and, and keep yourselves accountable to, like, listing an entirely new discipline. Um, don't, does, But here's the question. List as many spiritual Disciplines as you can. So at your table, start a list. The, the table with the most number of disciplines that they can list in just, I'll just give you a minute, will be the winner. You'll get a chicken dinner and a, and a Sunday school sticker. Just kidding, no dinner. I don't want to confuse you. Um, so, ready, cassette, discuss. All right, pins down, pins down. <laughs> pins down. I said pins down. How many of you got one spiritual discipline or more? Yes. Well done tables. All right. How many of you got five or more? All right. Seven or more. Let's see the book. I think the book lists 12, but we'll get there. Uh, How many of you 10 or more? So we got one, two, three, four, five, six tables still in the runnings. Maybe we'll jump to 15. Anybody group 15 or more? how many do you guys have 18 18? anybody any other table have 18 maybe they were they were cheating all right so here i'll give you a mic who who wants to just list all of them anybody yes
1: (laughs) um okay so our group had prayer fasting reading studying the word uh spending time in fellowship uh just living a worshipful lifestyle Worship, uh, uh, service. Sounds like a double. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, fine, 17. 17. 17. Continue, <laughs> continue. <laughs> Maybe 16, just six. Lost my face. Sorry, I'll just you know. um,
1: memorizing scripture, journaling, discipleship, mentorship, tithing and giving.
0: Slash giving. Slash
1: yeah. giving. Okay.
0: Uh, Mill Sunday school, of course. Yeah, so coming na- to church. Naturally. Good,
1: yeah. <laughs> Uh, fleeing temptation and evangelism
0: fleeing temptation that's good enough great here's your stickers pass them around you have to wear them during during all day they can't come off (laughs) those are great disciplines some of the ones, I didn't think of some. I didn't list uh, memorizing scripture, but that's a great discipline. There's um, other ones. In my research all this week, I've been looking at disciplines and different people's lists of disciplines and how people have organized these. It seems like there's a lot of people. If you get on the YouTubes and the internetworks, uh, you'll see that whoever, these Christians who write about the spiritual disciplines, it seems like everybody goes above and beyond to warn you about these, there's like Eastern mysticism type spiritual disciplines. Did anyone put on your list meditation or, um, I don't know, like uh, chanting or like uh, maybe, I don't know, some sort of like breathing where you're like praying and breathing in and out and like thanking Jesus? Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not being as spiritually aware as I should. But I think if you're worshiping Jesus and giving him glory, well then— and if you're not doing it to, like with drugs or if you're not doing that uh, to, to like flee um, yourself and you're like thinking of nothingness, if you're worshiping Jesus, then I don't know the, what the big deal is with like calling something like a Christian meditation or a Christian yoga even. And um, we talked about this. I had the leaders, some of the Sunday school leaders over to my house and, and we just thought, you know, let's list these as spiritual dis- dis- disciplines. And if they're helpful in your walk with the Lord and worshiping Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ, Only well then let let's continue to list them and so thank you guys for listing your spiritual disciplines and so here here's another question how can we organize and list these disciplines if we took everybody's list and uh, put it all together how can we organize them and there's some people that would say oh we can organize them by internal versus out- external. We can organize them by uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of Christians today are, are listening to them by abstaining versus engaging. Like engaging disciplines would be engaging in worship, engaging other people in fellowship, but then abstaining disciplines would be like, oh, I'm abstaining from food. And so that would be fasting. And so the, the book that I've talked about, um, Celebration of the Disciplines, lists 12 disciplines, and that is by no means means an extensive list because I'm sure, I mean, this group just had 18 or 17, depending on uh, whatever they want to do there. Uh, But but if we added up every different discipline in here that was just listed, we might have a list of 30 or maybe 40 disciplines uh, amongst this group in Sunday school. So this is by no means an exhaustive list of disciplines, but our our homeboy Richard Foster in his book has three categories. And I, I like the way he does this. He says there's inward, there's outward, and there's corporate disciplines and then he lists them. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put all of them up here for you. If you're very quick with writing, you could probably list them all. But look at how he, um, he he organizes them. Inward disciplines would be the ones that you're like you and God. Uh, outward disciplines would be uh, something you're you're doing. And and one of these on here is solitude. And he says solitude is something you have to seek out. And so it's 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 inward or it's outward. Whereas fasting is inward because you're focusing on God uh, inwardly. Um, but we'll go over the. So I'm going to put up this big list right now. And we as far as an introduction, we'll have the rest of this month to talk about it, but here they all are, all 12 that Richard Foster lists in his book. Um, By no means exhaustive, by no means the only list of spiritual disciplines or the only way of organizing them. But he says meditation, prayer, fasting, and study are these inward disciplines. We're focusing on the Lord uh, via an inward kind of motion in our life. And he says outward disciplines, uh, all S's, simplicity, solitude, submission, and service— and then he says corporate disciplines are those disciplines that we do with other people. Uh, we confess to somebody else. We worship in community. We receive guidance in community. And finally, uh, his, the, kind of the title of his book, Celebration of Discipline, uh, his thesis is talked about as the last one, Celebration, this discipline of joy. And so we might have put the what's the saying, the cart before the horse? Does that even, what does that even mean? I don't know. Maybe somebody at farms can explain that someday to me. Um, but we might have done that because we have not even yet defined what a spiritual discipline is. And like listing them, there's no one definition for what a spiritual discipline is. In all my research this week, I have seen countless definitions, all very similar, but worded a little differently. People choose different words to talk about what a spiritual discipline is. And so here's the definition. Are you ready for this? This is the definition that we will talk about today and kind of the rest of the month. And it's a great just kind of overview of what a spiritual discipline is, and it's how we use it, and God is involved. So, ready? Drum roll? I don't know. It's, it's, it's not really my definition. It's… Uh, Henry Nowens. Here it is. Uh, wait, there, there it is. Okay. A spiritual discipline is an activity to create space for God to act. And a theologian who maybe we'll talk about later this month, Henry Nowins, the, the back of our notes has a quote by him. The definition is kind of wrapped up in, here. It's in this quote. But in the spiritual life, the word discipline means the effort to create space In which God can act. And he goes on to talk a little bit more about that. But I really liked that definition, and because I liked it and I I enjoy Henry Nouwen as a a theologian, I picked this as our definition to work with all this month that a spiritual discipline is an activity, it is something you do to create space for God to act. An activity, something you do to create space for God to act. Let me read um, the first, I have our book over here. Uh, Richard Foster's the, the, s- the Celebration of Discipline. I'm going to read just the first paragraph for us because he um, gives us this understanding of what a des- discipline is and kind of takes it to, like he takes it from being something we, always oh, like, oh, oh, only nuns and monks can do spiritual disciplines. Only those experts, people that are really spiritual and religious can do spiritual disciplines. And he brings it down to a level that I think makes a lot of sense for everybody. So this is the first paragraph of the first chapter in his book, Richard Foster, Celebration of Discipline. And he says this, superficiality is the curse of our age. And by the way, he wrote this in the 70s. So I think how much even more so superficiality is the curse of our age today. Uh, The doctrine of instant satisfaction is a primary spiritual problem. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of people to be intelligent or gifted, but for people to be deep. The classic disciplines of the spiritual life call us to move beyond the surface living into the depths. They invite us to explore the inner caverns of the spiritual realm. They urge us to answer, they urge us to be the answer to a hollow world. We must not led, we we must not be led to believe that the spiritual disciplines are only for spiritual giants and hence beyond our reach or only for contemplatives who devote all their time and prayer to meditation and prayer. Far from it. God intends the disciplines of the spiritual life to be for ordinary people, like people who have jobs, people who care for children, people who wash dishes, people who mow lawns. In fact, the disciplines are best exercised in the midst of our relationships with our husband, wife, brother, sister, friend, and neighbors. Here's the last part here. Neither should we think that the spiritual disciplines are some dull drudgery aimed at exterminating laughter from the face of the earth. Joy is the keynote of all disciplines. The purpose of the disciplines is liberation from the stifling slavery slavery, to self-interest and fear. The last sentence here, when the inner spirit is liberated from all that it weighs down, it can hardly be described as dull or drudgery. Singing, dancing, even shouting characterize the disciplines of the spiritual life. It's a pretty good book, don't you think? He, he, he introdu- introduces the spiritual disciplines beautifully and then t- talks about each one of the ones that we listed before. I think there's a real power in the Christian disciplines. One of our leaders, Aaron Higgins, uh, referred to the Christian disciplines and made an analogy that the Christian disciplines are like exercise. Exercise really works, if you want to get healthy. Like, that's how you do it. That's, that's I mean, it might take a long time. It may take a lot of discipline and going to the gym or running or whatever you do, and it might take a daily basis of exercising. But eventually, you will see results. That's how people get healthier physically is by exercise. In the same way, the power of the Christian disciplines is that they really work. I'm really skeptical of like products, I think my wife and I uh, return more things in like a week than probably you, most of you return in like your lifetimes to stores. Like we'll buy something, we'll 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 look at it, we'll open it up, and we'll be like, eh, it doesn't really do exactly everything we thought it was going to do as advertised or advertised on the box. Or it's like, eh, it just wasn't everything we wanted, so we'll bring it back. We bring back things all the time maybe weekly we're returning things to the stores we have like a pile of stuff we're just really picky about will this thing work or won't it work um and and we want it to work and if it doesn't work we take it back and so the christian disciplines really work they are as advertised they are what you do if you want to grow spiritually anybody want to grow spiritually okay i see a couple hands there good (laughs) If you want to grow spiritually, this is what works. Spiritual disciplines, they work. It really is this tried and true method for growing spiritually. And so that's why we're taking a whole month to talk about it. And something else, um, it, it, it works in a way that's somewhat counterintuitive. It helps you say no to sin. The di- practicing the disciplines help you say no to sin. Let me explain. Let's say there's a rule, a Christian rule, that says do not push that button. Don't even think about pushing the button. What are you thinking about? You've been thinking about pushing the button. I think we as Christians... uh we have rules that we want to follow, and, and, and sometimes it's like, oh, I want to follow this rule that says don't push the button, and we get around in groups, and we talk about how much we don't want to push the button, and we look at it, and we're like, oh, I shouldn't even look at it. Don't even, oh, I can't even, oh, gosh, oh, there it is. I want to push this button so bad, And and we'll get together, and we'll talk about, oh, I pushed the button the other day. It's like, oh, man, <laughs> me too it's brutal and and you just think about it and you're concentrating on the button and not pushing the button and the spiritual disciplines take us takes our mind our eyes away from the button and focuses on the lord and that is an amazing way to avoid sin. Paul puts it this way. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture that's a little bit long, and and so I want to um, prepare you for that, to not start wandering off with your mind, because this is a beautiful representation of what I'm talking about here. Paul says this to the Corinthians. If you want to read along, you can turn to—oh, sorry, Colossians. Colossians chapter 2 in the New Testament. Paul, basically listen for this. Paul's going to say there's a bunch of rules in this life that people sometimes um, just like to make up, like we as Christians make rules that maybe God is calling us or isn't calling us, but we make a big deal about these rules. And Paul says, forget the rules, focus on God, and and then your, your life will be directed and compassed in the right direction. So Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 20 is where I'm going to start, and we're going to read through chapter 3 and, and on um, if, if you don't know this, Paul didn't write uh, the chapter markings in the Bible. They were added later, so I, I have the freedom to continue to read on after, even after we come to a close of a chapter. But here we go. Colossians 2. Since you died with Christ to the elementary spiritual forces of this world, why As though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules, like the world's rules. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, their harsh harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgences. So like these rules that uh, we as Christians have, and if we started talking about the rules we obey and keep, like, oh, I I do this, I do that, I I only listen to the Christian radio, I do this, and you should do that too. And this this topic that really we talked about last month, which was legalism. um, Paul says, so turn the page or whatever it is in your Bible, chapter 3, verse 1 says, "...since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above." where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So concentrate on Christ. Look above. That's what helps us avoid sin in our lives. That's what helps us focus on what we should be focusing on. And one of the ways... To focus on God is, of course, the spiritual disciplines as we define them, making space for God to act. Here's a few more Bible verses about Christian disciplines, and then I'm going to give you another discussion question to make it a little more personal of an interaction with you and in the, in the spiritual disciplines. Uh, I just have three. Uh, Luke six twelve says this. I'm just going to read it. One of those days, Jesus went out to pray on the mountainsides, and he spent the night praying to God. What does that have to do with the spiritual disciplines? Well, prayer is one of them. It can be one of them. It's probably a very big one. And Jesus does it. Wait, our God, our Savior, God on this earth, what does he do? Well, he spends quite a bit of time in prayer. In fact, a couple nights, the, the Bible records that he just spent the whole night in prayer. It's like, wow, if, if our God… If the one we worship, Jesus Christ, if the one who we are striving to be like practiced spiritual disciplines like getting away, solitude, prayer, all night long, well then how much more should we do that to be like him? Uh, Two more verses. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8, Paul says to Timothy, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. This is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. So, Timothy, Paul to Timothy is saying, "Use your physical bodies um, and be diligent in your, in your life and your faith." Second um, 2 Timothy two fifteen, a short verse that just says, "Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker." who does not need to be ashamed, but who correctly handles the word of truth. So be a worker, be diligent, pray, fast, these spiritual disciplines, a study, spend time with God, worship, be at church. Um, these are important things that will like carry you, they really work, they really work. So here's the discussion question for you. Um, so this is maybe a personal question. If you're in a smaller table, go join a bigger one and maybe just go around and think about this question. What discipline would you like to work on? Because I imagine there's some disciplines that you just naturally gravitate to. Uh, Me, I would say I just naturally gravitate towards studying and studying the Bible. That's an easy one for me. I just like doing it. And I want to work on other spiritual disciplines that would challenge me and, and help me grow. So personally, you, maybe share with the group, what discipline would you like to work on? Ready? Get set. Discuss. All right, I'll start over here. I saw Aaron Higgins would like to share a discipline. Thank you for sharing.
1: Kind of unsurprisingly, uh, study comes easy for me, but uh, one of the more challenging <laughs> ones, yeah. Nerd alert uh, is, is actually solitude. I'm, I'm an extrovert, and so being by myself is actually more challenging than being with people. Um,
0: Did anybody else say that? <laughs>
1: yeah. like, solitude. So solitude is is almost scary to me. Um, so yeah, I would say that's that's the one. one that you want to work on. W- want to work on.
0: Good. Anybody else want to share? Miss Erin Spurgeon, I'll come running over here. Whew, whew, the sweater's getting hot. <laughs>
1: I said that um, for me. Probably meditation is probably the easiest things. Um, it's really easy for me just to have music playing yeah. and just totally shut my mind out to the world and just rest. Um, but the hardest thing for me lately, and I'm coming out of it, thankfully, is just intentional one-on-one prayer with the Lord yeah. because I get distracted very quickly. So
0: Yeah, good. Michael Marshall? Here's a mic. I find that one that I need to work on is actually listening to those sermons. And part of the reason why I find that it's hard is just collateral, everybody making noise and stuff. So paying attention during church? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I think mine, uh, I don't know. I, re- I, I, I find myself studying, and uh, Richard Foster talks about simplicity. I, that comes fairly natural to me but i think prayer uh i I would like to grow in the area of prayer and especially uh, longer prayers and more focused prayers i i would definitely like to grow in the area of fasting fasting is not fun anybody find fasting fun that's just weird if you do it's like (laughs) some people do maybe it is a strength for you and it comes easy um let me, let me talk about Richard, because we keep referring to this book, and you're like, who is Richard Foster? Who cares? Um, well, let me tell you about him. So, here's your nerd alert of the day. <laughs> so, here's a picture of Richard Foster. Kind of looks like Santa Claus, really nice and, and smiley. Uh, uh, I mean that in a really good way, by the way. I'm not I'm not shaming Richard Foster. Um, he's, a, he's in his 70s. He, uh, he lives in Denver, so I think we should all go up there and just like knock on his door and be like, bro, we're reading your book. He's like, get out of my house. Um, anyways, Richard Foster comes from the tradition of being a Quaker. Anybody know what a Quaker is? Um, and, and not to be confused with the Quaker oatmeal, although there are... Um, How many of you, the only idea, if you hear Quaker, that's the only thing you think about, Quaker oatmeal. Um... And it is, if you look up the history of Quaker Oatmeal, that they had, a, there was like this old Quaker farm that had a mill on it, and then this company bought it, and the name kind of stuck, and the, the name of a Quaker, if you know who the religious Quakers are, they just have a name that goes, they're very trustworthy people, and very focused people, hardworking people, so the name kind of stuck, and today, um, Quaker Oatmeal, is and, and, and other things too, they, I think Pepsi owns them or something, but anyway, it's a pretty big corporation, but not to be confused with Quaker oatmeal. Here is someone dressed in a, a traditional Quaker garb. This is a picture of George Fox, the founder of Quakerism. And to get kind of serious on you, uh, so in the 1600s, the uh, there was very lots of high church, high church like Anglican or high church Catholic. Um, these the very orderly services where prayers were already like just uh, if, you, if you're familiar with high church prayers readings, uh, lots of going through the motions. I grew up Catholic, and so if you say high church to me, I imagine sitting and standing and kneeling and, and the, the sign of the cross, all these motions. And there was a reaction to that. And people thought, oh, are people just literally going through the motions with their spirituality? And the reaction to that was these Quakers who said, let's not plan anything in our service. Let's just get together and everyone will be quiet and will wait on the Lord. And I think there's a time and a place for that. And I'm kind of bragging about the Quakers. But if that's all your churches, if every time you come to church, it was just waiting on the Lord and there's no leader amongst you, no one trained amongst you, um, well, what's keeping someone from teaching or speaking heresy and then everyone going with that? I think there's a time and a place for this, this kind of service, but not every time. Anyways, going back to bragging about the Quakers, they would sit and they would just wait on the Lord. They would wait. They'd sit around a circle, no leader amongst them, and someone would begin to share. And sometimes that that person who's sharing would would quake, and hence the name, the Quakers. It comes from a literal thing, like under the weight of the Holy Spirit, under the weight of sin, and uh, just wanting to be led by the Lord. People would quake, and so hence the name Quakers. And so Richard Foster comes from this Quaker tradition, which is kind of cool. That you know, if we defined. Um, are the spirit uh, the, if we defined Christian disciplines as making space for the Lord for him to act, an activity that creates space for the Lord to act, if that was our definition, well, then what better way to do that than by waiting? I think of all the disciplines are in some ways waiting on the Lord to act and so here we have a denomination the quakers based upon waiting on the lord and richard foster comes out of that tradition of uh being a quaker and like experts on waiting on the lord that's all they do that's all their church service consists not of worship or communion or reading scripture they just literally wait for the lord until someone feels led to i don't know read a scripture or pray or to teach something so as we conclude this morning um I wanted to, to, we started off with this idea when I read Richard Foster's first paragraph of his first chapter, this idea of taking the disciplines off this high shelf, thinking, oh, spiritual disciplines are only for uh, pastors or only for monks or nuns or only for spiritual giants. I'm going to encourage us and kind of conclude right now with just get out there and try one. Get out there and get your hands dirty figuratively in the spiritual disciplines. I'm going to compare it to Fly fishing. Anybody like fly fishing? Anybody, anybody ever been? A couple people? Um, here's a picture of me and J Boy yesterday or two days ago uh, fly fishing in the rain. Oh, look at them. Or at least th- there's the 11 Mile Canyon in the background. Anyways, I love fly fishing. And when I first learned how to fly fish, I just went out there. I got a rod, I got a really cheap one, and I just went one day and I, I, I was able to catch a couple of fish, which is miraculous thinking back to that day. And I didn't do anything, I was, wasn't doing anything correct, um, but I caught some fish and there's this, I think only a couple of you raised your hands for if you've ever been fly fishing before, but lots of people, maybe guys especially, uh, have, have seen the, the movie A River Runs Through It, <laughs> and they want to get out and try fly fishing. And I have friends that really want to get out and f- try fly fishing, but they're like, oh, it's too hard. You know, I got to spend $2,000 on a fly rod, and I got to get a, you know, a guy, I got to pay a guy to bring me, and that's like $300, and I got to have all this stuff all lined up perfectly, before I could go out and go fly fishing. And my response to them is usually like, I got a rod you can borrow. Why don't you just come and we'll go fly fishing? Like, No, I I just want to, you know, I I want my first I want to know what I'm doing when I go out there. It's like you're missing out on something that I really enjoy. And maybe this is just an analogy, so you could argue with the analogy, but I'll I'll make it spiritual in a second here. But there's, like I have one friend that it's been years of him talking, like every time we get together, at some point in the conversation, it's like, well, how's the fly fishing been? It's like, oh, it's been great. And I was like, have you been out yet? They're like, no, I'm still, you know, still working on, you know, getting all my stuff together. It's like, why don't you just get out there and try it? I mean, there's a $30 rod kit you can buy from Walmart and just get out there like tomorrow and go fly fishing. He's like, no, no, I can't do that. I want, you know, I want everything to be perfect when I, when I try out fly fishing. He's like, that's so silly to, I don't, he's never, probably never going to go fly fishing and enjoy it. And even if he does, what if he finds out that he doesn't really like it? He's like, you never even tried it, bro? Anyways, as passionate I as I am about fly fishing, to conclude Sunday school, I feel uh, spiritually so much more passionate about us just getting out there and trying the spiritual disciplines. You don't have to be an expert faster to fast. You can take today and just decide, oh, maybe for lunch or maybe for dinner only, just one meal, I'm going to try out fasting for the very first time. Or maybe, maybe none of you have practiced the discipline of solitude or coming to the, I mean, the inside this building, uh, as you go out, on the left is the furnace prayer room, open 24 hours a day for us to pray in. And maybe none of you have ever been in there, just to spend time in prayer, and you just need the space. I would just say, try it. You don't have to be a spiritual giant to try these things out. Get out there, try it. The, it's this process of waiting on the Lord, just to see what he will do. So let's pray. Let's conclude with asking the Lord and waiting on the Lord. So, Lord, we come before you and, and, Lord, we just take some time right now to, to wait on you, to, to practice this, to be quiet. Lord, would you speak to us today? Lord, would you convict us and lead us into practicing some of these disciplines for you and for your name? Lord, we just slow down and we, and we wait right now for you. Lord, we love your voice. We love slowing down and, and waiting for you to act. And Lord, may this just be a, a glimpse of... Um, some of the disciplines that, that we here as the Mill Sunday School will try today, this week. Lord, I pray you give us, just allow us to see such beautiful fruit from these disciplines, even if they're just, um, just to try, just like a hack job. We think we're coming to you and we don't know what we're doing, but we're trying it. We're being faithful. Lord, would you bless that? Would you just allow us to see fruit of you working in our lives But we praise your holy name. You're a good God. We love you. We worship you. We do leave here in joy, knowing that you will come when we wait on you, that you will fulfill every desire that we have for you, for you alone, Lord. We worship you and praise you. And everybody said, amen. All right, friends. Peace out. Go in peace. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Mills Sunday School podcast. You can find more information at www.themillonline.org.